0: welcome back to chit talk
1: where we talk about really good shit my name is annika
0: and my name is rithu
1: follow us on our socials here to chit talk and instagram for sneak previews audio clips and more make sure to subscribe and leave a review
0: thanks for tuning into this week's episode let's dive in So I'm actually really excited about this week's episode.
1: Same. Um, Maybe because of, like we're just yearning to go out and travel so much just because we haven't done it for about over a year now. Has it been almost mm-hmm. a year since lockdown? Uh, yeah, March? lockdown
0: started March. Yeah. So yeah. it's like right around the corner.
1: Oh my goodness. The like banana bread making era of, you <laughs> the know, toilet The toilet paper pandemic. Oh my God. The toilet paper era of the pandemic seemed so far away. Like I can't believe it was... It was a year ago that went by yeah. like I don't know. So I don't fast. know if that went by quickly or slowly. It just it seems like a blur to me, honestly. Yeah, but it
0: really does. But at, holy crap, we made it through a year. Congratulations to us. Congratulations. For that. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> to, all to of everyone.
1: You. Yeah. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about traveling, travel tips, how to stay on budgets, and um, yeah, just our own personal anecdotes and stories about. Um, Airbnb's and just all that stuff all that fun stuff <laughs> that we miss so much ah! <laughs>
0: yeah I I honestly miss <sighs> it and like I actually wanted to ask you this question because I was thinking about like where my love for travel really came from. Mm. Um, And I was thinking that this could actually really closely connect with our very first episode, which was talking about third culture kids, right? Mm -hmm. So we were talking about how we, we spent so many time in different, different countries. And I feel like maybe moving a lot played Mm -hmm. a huge role in like how much we love travel and experiencing new things. What do you think about that?
1: Totally. I mean, when I was a, when I was a mere infant, um, and my mom actually, no, let's, let's rewind back slightly. When my mom was pregnant with me, we were living in Japan at the time. And so to get my PR and to get my passport in Singapore, she flew all the way to Singapore just to give birth to me. And so I was in the belly just, you know, doing backstrokes and stuff while (laughs) she was in the plane. Um, But yeah, you know, once I popped out, I think I stayed in Singapore for just a short while before heading back on the flight to Japan. And, and then I stayed there for about a few years and then moved to Malaysia when I was like, I think three, I was like three years old to five years old. And then I moved to Singapore afterwards and lived there for about like 13 years. So it's just that constant moving, just that constant, like, I don't know, travel. And my parents love traveling as well, like around Southeast Asia, it's just so easy to just, you know, go to Malaysia and to um i don't know thailand or cambodia for a few days just because flights are so cheap and you can take mm-hmm. budget air as well so yeah. we just we love traveling so much and it's such a great experience and to do with family is just so memorable totally um, but yeah i think my love for travel you know one it definitely came from having to travel like a lot a lot you know forcefully through moving through like through different countries because my dad's work and just you know having to pack up my things and just move to a different place or having to pack up every few years to move my apartment because my mom just loved moving so much and just settling <laughs> yo down my mom
0: my mom is like exactly on the same boat so
1: what is it with uh, yeah mothers and love don't to know move?
0: <laughs> don't know like I would I would always joke I would always joke that my mom had that like itch to travel every couple Mm -hmm. of years. Like she just wanted to move us somewhere period. Like it didn't matter where we were going as long as we were moving. It's like, Mm -hmm. she couldn't stay in one place. Yeah. Um, And you know, on, on my end of things, I had something very similar, like, um, except my mom didn't travel while she was pregnant with me. Um, So Mm -hmm. my parents moved to Kuwait when before I was born they were living there for a couple of years and then my mom had me um, and I lived there until I was I was about two and then once I was two my parents decided they wanted to move back to India so we moved to India lived there until I was about roughly eight Um, And then I moved to the UK with my parents, was like kind of volleying back and forth between India and the UK. Um, And then when I was 10, I moved to Canada and I've been here ever Mm -hmm. since. So good old 15 years later, now I have a Canadian accent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Same here. I didn't have that when I first came to to Canada. I had this like weird british international accent like from singapore well, like i everyone wish i could have heard that <laughs> it was it was really bizarre um but a lot of people from like hong kong and like hong kong international mm. schools and singapore international schools and such they have this like really bizarre mix of like all the other expat um expat kids that that go to school there and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah i think one is really just being forced to travel because you have to move and then two um is just really falling in love with new experiences and having that excitement Mm -hmm. of just, you know, experiencing something new for the very first time. And I think I got a lot of that when I was so young. And even now I just, I crave to have that experience and to get that feeling of just excitement and and the thrill of just seeing a new place, having these new like um, environments and get to try, you know, getting to try new foods and and meeting new people and going to, you know, a nice resort. So it was like a bonus and stuff going to the beaches. It was a nice bonus, but, um, yeah, just creating great memories with families and loved ones and friends is just what I really enjoy about traveling. And yeah. And I, I really miss that because we can't do that now and in lockdown. So what can we do? I'm just trying to go skiing every weekend just to like, (laughs) so. So so just going back to like all of the amazing places you've
0: lived, would you say that you have, I mean, aside from like Singapore being the place that you lived in the longest, would you say that that's your favorite place that you've ever lived?
1: Um, well, I, I can barely remember Japan. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I was like two years old. So I was just like, you know, chilling at home, not really doing anything. <laughs> um, can't really remember much from Japan, but I think... I'm going to have to be, I'm just going to have to be biased here. I do feel like Singapore, I do enjoy my time in Singapore a lot more than Malaysia. I think also the experiences is a little bit different just because I was only like two to five or three to five years old yeah. in Malaysia. So I think my experiences would have been a little bit different than, you know, going to kindergarten, going to preschool, that sort of stuff um, compared to going to Singapore where I was up, you know, allowed to go out and the nightlife's pretty crazy there. And, yeah. you know, um, having my entire high school experience in Singapore. So I think those are very different experiences, but again, I'm going to have to be biased. Singapore food is, is pretty up there. So yeah, um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. What about you?
0: Let's see. So I've have lived, one. yeah, it's, I've moved around a lot. So I feel like there's this, um, since I'm from the South of India, like we were right by the ocean, we have like backwaters and houseboats and all that, like great, just stuff and mm. fresh food and coconuts and all that it's like mini paradise down there wow. um and there's something really nostalgic about India being like a home but mm. one of my favorite places that I've ever lived hands down London
1: Ooh, I lived
0: yes. I lived there for like it was it was so it was like over the course of two years like in mm-hmm. the UK um and I I just felt like one of my memories that I have, or a very strong memory that I have is I remember walking from my, my place to school and it was, Mm -hmm. I think like a roughly 15, 20 minute walk, but we lived in a pretty decent part of London so it wasn't like too bad but then I would never feel like it was a 20-minute walk because I was just so mesmerized by like everything around me and also when you're when you're Mm -hmm. small everything feels like it's so much bigger and there's so much more to see oh
1: totally yeah um
0: and so, you know, I felt like around every corner that I looked, there was like a pub or a books sh- shop or like an antique mm. store or an old rundown movie theater, and just it just like felt sensory like sensory overload. Yes, but like yeah. to the point where it was like, wow, this is just so thrilling to be around mm. all of that. Um, and I've only been to London. Like, aside from the time that I lived there, I've only been there one other time afterwards. And I've definitely wanted to go back as an adult. I've even Mm -hmm. talked about like wanting to move there as well. um, Just to see what that would be like for me again, because I feel feel like like there's
1: such a fun place to move to as as a young adult, like, mm. I feel like there's just so many things to do and to see. I mean, like, you know, we can always envision like a post-COVID world when we can like move yeah. places and like visit yeah. places again. But I feel like it'll be super fun post-COVID. Yeah, I um, yeah. I definitely
0: feel like it's well overdue for me to go back
1: mm-hmm. as an adult. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of post-COVID traveling, are there... What are some places you would love to travel to or go back to if you Ooh. could?
1: Oh, I got to stretch before I do this. Um, <laughs> good question. Actually, some dream vacations that like I aspire to, to visit, like some extraordinary places that I really want to go to is, well, I definitely want to go back to Europe again because I feel like I've only been to several places around there, but I'd love to go to Santorini and visit the um, Amalfi Coast. Mm-hmm. and perhaps see my grandparents who just moved to, th- to the south of France so I'd love to go to Nice and you know to Monte Carlo and so that entire area down there go to Italy as well because my parents got engaged in Florence and so I feel like it's super romantic and I don't know I'd yeah. just love to check it out and then oh because I have a Croatian boyfriend he can take me around Croatia and split and yeah. Dubrovnik so that'd be yeah. kind of neat as well um but I feel like I also want to go to Kenya and Tanzania because me and my dad have been talking about doing safari trip for, for God knows how long. And we've been yeah. wanting to do it since like my high school days. I think my mom is a little bit more on the hesitant side to do like a safari trip altogether. Um, <laughs> but I, I would like hands down love to do that. So two very different, like destinations, travel yeah. trip trips. Yeah, exactly. But, um, Yeah. I think first and foremost, definitely want to see my grandparents in South of France, but um, yeah. What about you?
0: Um, Well, you know, we can go to Santorini together if you really want, because Greece is like the next stop for me, for sure. (laughs) I like my next big trip. It was funny because I was, I, I, before COVID took hold and traveling was a, no go. Um, Mm -hmm. the plan last year was for me to go to New York in June, right. Just so that I could just see things and like experience things. And I feel like there's so much of the U S that I haven't had a chance to experience or see, Mm -hmm. um, especially as an adult. So, you know, the plan was to go to New York and then that didn't happen. And then we just, I felt like we were going to be in lockdown forever and it still feels that way pretty much, but Mm -hmm. I made, I made kind of like a an agreement with myself being like okay the next time you travel make it big make it bold and just oh, f- go for it because yeah. otherwise you're gonna regret it like you're 20 20- mm. well me talking to myself you're 25 you're about to be 25 and you're on the wrong side of 25 now you only have enough of, like oh, girl, this- <laughs>
1: don't remind me I just hit me six okay <laughs> take it easy on me I'm sorry <laughs> my knees are already like weak <laughs> okay, so Oh but like, God. there's, there's only true. so it's much,
0: true. yeah, there's only so much of our twenties yeah. left. And like, mm-hmm. why am I, why am I not going to these places and experiencing mm-hmm. these like big trips totally. just like, why not? You know, mm-hmm. so um, Greece for sure. And actually part of the reason, I don't think I've ever told you the story, but part of the reason why Greece is somewhere that I've always wanted to go is because in high school, um, I don't know if you had like trips that your school planned for your like grades or whatever, mm-hmm. but we had one that was specific to Europe and okay. um, they had pretty much like it was like a tour around Europe and mm-hmm. everyone that wanted to go could like help fundraise money for it through different fundraising oh, wow. things to, for themselves yeah. so that they can go on the trip. And so, you know, I didn't really have the time, um, nor did I have like the the drive to really fundraise for myself because I was just mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't know, like feels, feels like I'm going to be really bad at this. Like I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. So I never ended up going and they went to Greece. Oh. They went to Italy. They went to like all of these places and it was beautiful. Damn. And yeah. like there's like a part of me that's like oh, fomo like I'm just like I I still think about that and I'm like Mm -hmm. that is a mini regret that I have like a mini one and now as an adult with money in her bank account and being able to spend according to however I want I should go live it out
1: yeah. Right? You can choose whichever destination you want to go to. Cause like, if you're making your own money, like go spend your own money, you know? Yeah. Treat yourself to a, treat a, to myself. A <laughs> so
0: it's the, safe again, yes. But, yeah. And the one other place aside from Greece that I really want to travel, like these are the top two on my list is mm-hmm. going to Japan. Um, Ooh. and, and actually, uh, you, you know this, but you know, Nick, um a caveria yeah that's right the yeah. one that sounds like a p- desert plant um <laughs> so uh, <A> <laughs> isn't that an animal
1: it is an animal
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we were talking about trying to do a group trip to Japan and like getting a bunch of people to go um, oh my god I
1: would love to go Me and i we were talking about it like if we awesome. ever go back to Singapore again we would love to like make a pit stop in Tokyo because it's either Hong Kong or Tokyo is like a little stopover area but like spending a few days in Japan and just like roaming around and yeah maybe going to like Hokkaido and Osaka and Tokyo is yeah yeah I don't know
0: well no that sounds great yeah, we're I'll, just I'll join we, you on that <laughs> it was it was just like a fleeting plan that we had. And then COVID really took hold, and it just nothing, everything seemed like to be determined. <laughs> like everything seemed like. Now that we've talked about some of the places that we want to go, what are some what are some things we can do to best plan our trip?
1: Um, I think a really good way to just plan your time out and save money for traveling is just always looking at the lower cost airlines Mm. and just making sure that if they have a single stopover, that could almost be about like 40% cheaper than a higher budget airplane with no stopovers. Mm. So I'm always looking for... um, you know, maximum one stopover. Cause if you have too many mm-hmm. as well, it just gets, it gets a little bit convoluted. It gets a little bit tough because you have to stop over in too many places. But usually if you have an um, if you have a flight that has one stopover and it's also a red eye or like some odd time, it's usually mm-hmm. going to be a lot cheaper than a higher budget airplane with zero stopovers. And also if you're on a budget, the cheapest days to fly is t- sorry. The cheapest days to fly out are usually Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, mm. especially on odd hours and like red eyes, like four a.m. Mm. Um, weekends or during the day are almost always more expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I had work trips um, with my previous job, I would have bizarre hours. Like I, would I come remember back, that actually. Oh my god, I would come back at like eleven p.m. on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So bizarre. Or like I would have a stopover somewhere in um,
0: Seattle, like like from LA, which
1: is. (laughs) Yeah. But also, even though if you have a stopover, just make sure that you're not in the airport for a really, really long, outrageous amount of time, because there Mm -hmm. are stopovers that some of them, yes, you can't be helped, especially for international flights. Like when I'm going over to Singapore, for instance, like there is no direct flight. So you have to stop over somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Let it be Japan or Hong Kong, like I mentioned previously, but you're going to have to stop over for about minimum five hours and yeah, Yeah. it's shitty. You can't really like leave the airport and stuff, but you're just going to have to make do with a good book and, and, you know, Netflix shows and stuff on your iPad. But um, I would
0: also check out the airport. That's something that I did a lot. Yeah. Like I totally am with you on the saving money by, Mm -hmm. you know, having stopover. So um, oftentimes what we would do when, for example, when we lived in Kent or when we lived in Canada, now we live in Canada but when we travel <laughs> to India is mm-hmm. we have at least two stops we have a stop in London and we have a stop mm-hmm. in Dubai before we go to where we're supposed to go and you know in total it ends up being maybe 24 hours like in in yep. this you know it's a long oh, ass it's flight. A long flight um but those layovers made the flight much significantly cheaper. Like mm-hmm. if we had picked more direct flights, it would have been like 400 to $800 more on top of what we were paying, which is Definitely. a lot of money. Yeah, Right. And uh, one of the things that I was also going to say is um, going to your point about traveling off peak times is also mm-hmm. going In in the off season, so I feel like the perfect month to travel, and this is my favorite month to travel is May because it's like pleasant pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, my additional tip to that is having flights that have stopovers is great, but also if you book multiple flights, so like let's say that you book a flight to one location that you would already consider a stopover and then you Mm -hmm. book a secondary flight either on a different like a different aircraft or whatever it is that will be much cheaper than getting a full round trip so I was like for example when I was looking at going to Greece I wanted to get a flight to Athens but then I was like okay what's going to cost more ferrying between islands or mm-hmm. like actually flying between islands. And can I pick a flight with multiple stopovers and then just like go right back? Right. But it was cheaper for me to book a flight to London from London to Athens and mm-hmm. then around the different islands and then okay. back. It came to like almost a thousand dollars which is (laughs) ridiculous. Euros or Canadian dollars? Canadian dollars. It was ridiculous. My my, my dad was the one who suggested that I do that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you a crazy man. I don't know if this this (laughs) seems not real. Like, (laughs) and I did it. And I was like, holy shit, this is what it is. I mean, Mm. obviously there are some issues with that, which is like, you could have delays. You could have this, right? But that all... That all is a problem for later me to deal with. Yeah, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, booking multiple flights instead of round trips or flights with stopovers this is such a great tip.
1: hmm And also to book your flights in at least seven to eight weeks in advance. So, like the closer you are to booking your flights with the date of departure, the higher the cost. So back yeah. to your points, especially during those um I guess opposite of off is on, on seasons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the really busy seasons, like, yeah. um, you know, Christmas, New Year's, and then summer, summer is a huge one. Cause everyone loves to chase the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. I think those are the huge, um, travel times for everyone trying to, you know, go to different destinations. Maybe even now, like Ted Chris is leaving Texas <laughs> to, go to, to go to Cancun because it's a blizzard over there, yeah. but you know, you can't really travel right now. Cause, um, COVID. COVID. So we're looking at a yeah. cruise, but, um, <laughs> but you know, passengers pay the lowest price, like nearly 10% below the average fare. If they buy 50 days before their flights, according wow. to the data from the airlines reporting corporation. That's so and awesome. And so, but even, even if the seven week rule isn't a sure fine strategy for snagging the cheapest fare, it's just the trend, um, says the, um, ARC's managing director of data science and research. So even though it's not like, you know, a, a certain confirmed fact, it's always, always a good idea to just book your flights
0: as early now, as you as can, early as possible. Yeah, yeah. Just
1: so that you don't get too, I don't know, too caught up with, um, I don't know, finances and stuff and yeah, just plan accordingly. And, yeah. um, yeah, also... Yeah,
0: No, I was just going to say one of the things that um, I also keep in mind, or at least I try to keep in mind when I'm trying to book vacations Mm -hmm. is to travel to places where um, our home currency will allow you to do more things. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, for example, you know, actually for me to go to India, it would be much more like a bang for my buck because my like the Canadian dollar against the Indian rupee is like much there's a huge difference, right? Yeah. So there's so much more that you can do. Um, same with Thailand. Same with like all of mm-hmm. those places. You can,
1: yeah,
0: um, you can experience so much with how much the Canadian dollar ways in comparison to their currency so that's something I I keep in mind sometimes
1: yeah I mean I don't usually like to keep that in mind or try to prevent me from going to places because like I've traveled to Iceland and Iceland's probably one of the most expensive places I've gone to just because Mm -hmm. um food's important um so sorry food is imported gas is imported water is imported like it's it's you know, it's an island in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. So yeah, everything's always going to be more expensive there. And even flying there is fairly expensive too. And all the experiences that we had to purchase. Um, yeah, Um And even the monetary conversion is just like, it's fairly extreme it's compared crazy, to yeah. here. And, you know, knowing the euro as well, you know, going to Europe is also fairly different from what it is here. So I think yeah. understanding and learning up on the conversion and then just knowing what that compares to, to your own, local currency before you start splurging on like you know tourist items and all that and experiences so yeah yeah, I think it's always good to like do your research and to look at things beforehand before booking things totally Um, what I try to do is that I try to research beforehand but don't Mm -hmm. book right away and then when I go to the country itself I try to book the items afterwards so Mm -hmm. I've done this in the case where um I've, like, done my research on various packages of, like, um, you know, if it was going to, uh, like, I went to Peru, for instance, about a few years back, and we're looking at all these different um, treks to Machu Picchu, and there are so many, there are so, so many vendors out there who are all having the same really, really high prices because all the tourists go there, so it's just wanting to do your research Um, and, you know, just take a stroll, take a walk around, just see what sort of vendors are there, you know, ask them about the experience, ask them how much money it is as well. And, and they could give you a price and you could also like walk away and, you know, try to bargain with them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but just make sure that you're not being ripped off and that you're having the best value for what it's worth as well, because, you know, there might be a ton of vendors there that you can actually purchase your packages there. And it could be a lot cheaper than purchasing it online. Totally. Um, So jumping off of.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say jumping off of that. um, I, one thing that I like to do at least is even if I do end up like booking excursions or whatever it may be, because I did that for when I was in Hawaii. um, What I did was I created a budget for my trip with Mm -hmm. a contingency, because I think that's so important for like emergencies or like random splurges. Like I try to keep the budget for like excursions, flight and food within a certain limit. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is how much far outside of it that I can spend for like random things like souvenirs or, um, you know, just any random little trips that I want to do or food experiences that I want to have. Um, so I think that, just cr- yeah, creating a contingency is like super important.
1: Your your Capricorn is showing. <laughs> I've Ooh. never done that before. <laughs> really? That's very yeah. really smart. I wish I did that for a ton kind of the um. The travel stuff, travel stuff. Sorry, let me repeat that. I wish i had done that for a lot of the travel destinations I've been to, especially for places like Iceland, where I could have used something like that. But yeah, you know, being a but Christ, also a I just salad like to... was <laughs> but a salad was also like what thirty dollars. Oh like... my god, I don't, I don't <laughs> talk about it. They can't even grow like um they kind of grow lettuce there, so they have to import everything. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the salad was a sad like $30 and it wasn't great either. It was, it was not great. It was actually quite awful. So, oh, no. <laughs> um,
0: speaking of food, yes. Um, another thing, another suggestion that I have <laughs> is, um, to cook more and eat out less. I know, I know that like that mm. is, that is a thing that people Debatable. are like, Oh, Debatable. you know, okay, I agree that you should, you should go out and try different food and like experience the food that's around you but i also think that you have to weigh what matters more to you right for example for me i cared more about so when i went to hawaii i cared more about the excursions that i was going on so i Mm -hmm. went snorkeling um i went like on a like volcano trek and then did zip lining Mm -hmm. right and I made sure, or one of the things that I made sure was that both of those excursions included food so that it would be cheaper for us as well.
1: That's Um,
0: but a lot of the times when you go to specific places, food is like really fucking expensive, especially Mm. in Iceland. Right. So that that's an example. So like, if you can get groceries and cook for yourself, wherever you're staying, I feel like that would help you save a lot of money, but like, obviously that can't be done for everywhere you go. Right.
1: (laughs) No. And I mean, I guess that could work in places where you do have a kitchen space within your, your living and comfort space where you're staying at. Right. But I feel like most of the times you stay in hotels and it's like, it's a small bar with a small like fridge. It's just, it's a little hard to do that. Um, but if, and when that'd be, that's a great idea. I think that's an excellent idea. Just yeah. to circle back to, I don't want to be that person. I'm like, well, let's circle no, no. back. No, let's no. circle back to Do your that. contingency thing because I think that's really smart. And I wrote here that you should always have your travel and health insurance complete. Like, always check for visa requirements as well in your destination of choice. So I think if you add that into the whole spreadsheet that you mentioned before about like yeah. just planning everything accordingly and just making sure that you have everything within budget, but always, um, I guess having um contingency and having some extra money for travel and health insurance prior to traveling and then just making sure if you have to pay for any visas as well to the country that you're going to be traveling to and just making sure they have that and take that into consideration with your overall budget. One thing that I would also
0: mention too, for those people that are like worried about travel insurance or health insurance while traveling, check with your companies that you work for and see Mm -hmm. if they cover you for travel insurance or anything like that. Like, I think my previous company had an option for you to like, just pay like a small little addendum to your your insurance that would allow you to take on travel insurance for however Mm -hmm. long you were traveling. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And also this goes without saying, get your vaccinations before you go anywhere if you need That's true. to. One thing uh, that I've also been considering getting for mm. when I travel is getting a credit card specific, for, specific to booking travel and doing mm. travel things. Because there are some credit cards that also have the option for you to get like Rack up the points with like spending it on all travel related stuff, right? So that's something that I've been thinking about recently. Um, I don't know about you. Have you ever used like airline points or anything like that?
1: Um, I know my parents use it, I don't really use it too much just because I don't travel as much as my dad does when he goes to work and such, um, when he goes around for conferences and stuff around Southeast Asia. But I totally hear you, I think that's an excellent idea. I think you know, checking with your credit card, just making sure that you're not spending too much on it, but also going to a bank and ATM in the country that you're visiting rather than going to, um, an ATM here to collect the, the, the currency of that Mm -hmm. destination. Right. So, um, because I feel like I'm, I'm very disorganized sometimes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, very last minute items, I would just go to the airport and then just get my money converted there. And then just, you know, a check the conversion rate, but not really. And then just get my new currency for the destination that I'm visiting. But the conversion sensors in airports are such ripoffs. Like they they totally are. I was just about to say
0: when I, when we stopped over in Paris for three days on our flight back from India, Mm -hmm. I swear to God, like we gave the exchange person set amount of money, which should have given a certain amount of euros back, but it didn't. And he just gave Mm -hmm. like a number that was way less than what we thought especially because we calculated like how much it would be yeah. going there and it's like what you do this for what like <laughs> but <laughs> like, why <laughs> but, but why
1: um
0: and yeah I I'm totally with you there I would rather I learned my lesson that time mm-hmm. I'm definitely going into the city to yeah. get my money exchanged
1: mm-hmm. definitely I don't know if they have to make a certain percentage or if the airports make a certain percentage from like people who are in the midst of traveling trying to get their you know conversion rates sorted and stuff but I don't know I, I totally agree definitely go into the destination of your choice find a local ATM there oh my god my nose just touched the <laughs> touch the microphone <laughs> didn't think I had a, that big of a nose but it just <laughs> bumped it um yeah definitely go into the, the country that you're visiting and just go to a local ATM. I think that's, that's definitely far more ideal. Um, and also make sure that if you're going to a developing country that you're not being ripped off for (laughs) as well, because you know, just do your math, just check twice, check three times you know, get your calculator out because there will be some people who might rip you off. (laughs) So, and
0: don't be afraid to barter. Don't be afraid to barter when you're in spaces like that, because I think that people are like worried about, like, especially when you come from, from North America to like Asia, Mm -hmm. you're worried about like encroaching on space. You don't speak the language. Like there's so many different things that get in your way. But the whole point, and I, I'm sure you you understand this too, but the whole point in some spaces in Asia is that you have to barter because otherwise they're just going to rip you off. Like you got to
1: put it's up part a part of our culture. It's a <laughs> it's part just... <laughs> of our culture. That's like just who I... we are. It's in our blood. We
0: just bargain. <laughs> oh my gosh! So there's uh there's this place uh, in Delhi where there's like an underground market that you can go to, oh, okay. um, and so it's like it's pretty much like an underground system of mini little shops and malls and stuff. Oh, wow. And That's they so do neat. they do like like rip off version of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it, but it's just an entire system AirPods of just this for
1: eight dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <No> way. <laughs>
0: and yeah, and um, the whole point is like you know, if you show interest in something or you're like considering showing interest in something, Mm -hmm. um, like they will try and charge you the highest price or barter with you. And if you like turn it down um, Mm -hmm. and- you just like walk away from them and you go to like a couple of like you know but like if you go a couple of stores down and then you come Mm -hmm. like they will literally come back to you and be like we'll give it to you for this price like this even cheaper
1: this is such an Asian trait and my mom (laughs) has like she that's her expertise she has like she has this down to a tee the whole the, the walkout where you just you do like a slight like Disappointed, like disapproving, like huff, and then you just yeah. storm out. And you're like, "No, this won't do," and they come chasing after you. You're like, "No, ma'am, no, ma'am."
0: Like, <laughs> <Yeah. here." laughs> it was, it was exactly that. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, bye." And they were like, yeah. "No, no, no, we'll give it to you no, for no, this one." Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, yes." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you're pulling my arm like <laughs> yeah. you're bending my arm
1: exactly and it's it's always so funny whenever my dad tries to bargain because you know he's a he's a white older male and he's trying to like bargain and like these these uh vendors and stuff and so they're always going to give him the highest price because he's white and then my <laughs> mom comes along and they're like oh She's like, shit no. <laughs> <laughs> like oh shit no like we can't we can't kid around with her like she knows her shit and so they just usually bring it down so
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny (sighs) um that um speaking speaking of things that are like money related as well Mm -hmm. um something that I do is before before I go anywhere I actually when I'm doing my research and when I'm planning the trip I look at lists of things that I can do for free um Mm -hmm. in the places that I travel to um and what like what that looks like is, for example, in Paris, everything's f- expensive. Everything is expensive. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a great experience, but it's expensive. And mm. one of the things that I did there was um, a hop on hop off tour. They were like that okay. costs money. But um, the best part about that is because you have a day pass, you can like go literally anywhere in Paris, you can hop off, walk around, experience the things, do the tour that comes with the bus and then like hop back on. And like, you know, you you could go to um, the Notre Dame and Mm -hmm. that was free. Right. You could go to the catacombs. That was free. Like there are so many different things that you can find in like little little pockets mm-hmm. that are free to do that locals do and enjoy like sitting is sitting near the palace of Versailles or like the um uh, the other building that's similar to that in
1: mm-hmm.
0: um in Paris and just oh, sitting it's sacred there.
1: hearts like soccer. yeah
0: yeah sacre that's like where Moulin Rouge yeah. is that's like mm-hmm. uh in Montmartre, but like that there are so many little cafes where you can like go and get croissants and like go and just sit and enjoy the space that you're in. i in Paris who? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually, I remember walking. So I stayed in an Airbnb when I was Mm -hmm. in Paris and I remember walking down to and out of all three of us, I'm the only one that remotely speaks French of any kind Mm Um. I went downstairs to a cafe that's across the street and I swear, I saw a man eating a full blown baguette, just like holding it like this and just like eating (laughs) it like that. Are you okay? (laughs) And like, it's just, I don't understand how French people can have that much bread and just like not gain where does any it go? weight. Like where, where does it go? <laughs> Bread, cheese,
1: alcohol, cigarettes. Like how it's do the- you do this? I was just going to say it's the cigarettes. It's probably <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> it's probably the
0: cigarettes. Let's now we know. <laughs>
1: um, But yeah, just to jump back to your point about credit cards and banks and ATMs and stuff, I feel like another thing that's not really budget related, but it might be is always calling your bank and credit card provider, no matter what the problem is. Um, Mm. because sometimes banks might think that what you're purchasing is a fraud because it's happening in different destination stuff. So sometimes transactions just won't go through. And sometimes you might have to pay an extra fee because they think they assume it's a fraud, right? Yeah. And so they will turn off your credit card and then you might have to, you know, either purchase a new credit card or get that credit card, um, reactivated again and there might be a fee for that so just always always make sure that you have your um your your bank credit card number and your bank information and you have their phone number just if and when there's an issue like that um i remember in iceland ivor's credit card was locked before because um we went by a gas station and we were just purchasing well, gas and like some other snacks and stuff for the road because you just don't have any food for like so many miles hours, <laughs> hours and hours it's just like you know grasslands and, and random sheep here and there um but essentially his bank assumed that because we were purchasing stuff at a random local gas station that it was a fraud and mm. so they closed and locked the credit card completely and so he wasn't able to use it for any other purchases. And so we had to find self-reception and call them up and just make sure like, hey, just want to let you know that we are in Iceland and we are traveling here. Can you please unlock my credit card? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that it's always great to just call your company up, perhaps before you leave and just let them know that you're going to be away during this time. Um, but yeah, I just wrote like a really funny ad- anecdote here. Um, so I had to use my own credit card to buy Iber's and my ticket to visit this like one place in Iceland and so this Icelandic lady was like giving him shit that I was paying for both of our tickets and <laughs> she was she was like saying something along the lines of like oh always like you know women always have to pick up after men and so she was like giving a stink eye to Ivor and he's like oh shit like I need to get oh my, my god card that's so funny that. <laughs> yeah but um yeah always always make sure that your credit card's working during and before you uh you travel
0: yeah that's a great point I definitely I definitely made sure to do that before I was traveling because I don't want I don't actually the worst thing to do is like as much as it means to like bring actual cash with you because I think Mm -hmm. that's important um is if that that's like that's the contingency right having a little bit of cash to get you through until you figure that out Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't have to figure it out if you were prepared and you had that call with your bank letting them know i remember doing that with my bank when i went traveling
1: nice yeah and if you're also on a budget and you're not going away for a really really long period of time i.e like three to four weeks then you should also pack lights that could also save you some some trouble baggage fees exactly and some magic magic fees wow <laughs> baggage fees yeah so if you bring on two carry-ons instead of checking in a bag that could save you so much time and money mm. as well um, because you have to wait afterwards and you have to like you know stand at the ba- oh my god stand at the baggage claim to pick up your your bag and then you have to pay extra fees sometimes like 60 bucks or more just to check in a bag so mm. yeah, try to
0: Speaking of Airbnbs, um, yes. what do you think is more like is a better experience? I mean, like each has their own benefits, but like, do you think that Airbnbs are better or do you think staying at hotels or hostels are better? What are your thoughts?
1: I think it really depends on the experience. So like, obviously, if you want to go to Cancun or like Cabo for an all exclusive hotel with meals and all that and you just want to go for a couple of days go ahead splurge on a hotel that's facing the ocean you know have fun with your friends split a hotel room I think that's totally fine if you want to go backpacking however and you have a couple of stops and you do you know you want to visit a ton of places in a really really short span of time and you're just always on the go you're always traveling you're always like from point a to point b to point c constantly throughout the trip I think packing light and then just Yeah, I guess like hostels or, um, hotels that are a little bit cheaper and a little bit, um, easy on the budget are Mm. probably, yeah, just more ideal. Just because it's, you know, easy check-in check-out and you can just use the facilities like getting cleaned, getting showering and stuff, just use the washroom and sleep for a couple hours and then you're back on the road again. So I think it really, really depends on the experience and what you're there for, um, so, yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah, it really depends. So I'm, I'm always on the fence. Uh- <laughs> mm. Yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, sometimes
0: as much as like hostels claim to be cheap, sometimes they're actually not always cheap because it depends on where you are and the space. Like if it's like a hostel Space, Mm -hmm. For example, like Europe, if you're backpacking through Europe, hell yeah, there are hostels like everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can go from hostel to hostel and go through without any problems, right? But then, for example, when I was looking at hostels in Greece, um, Mm -hmm. it was just not... like there were barely any aside from in Athens like there were none really in Santorini or um Mm. like Mykonos or anywhere because they're like luxury destinations and they only had Airbnbs or like hotels available Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um you know sometimes those hostels are actually not cheap and it is much cheaper to get an Airbnb and um and another idea or like another thought that just came into my head is um, this is something we did when we were in India. But when we went to go to visit the Taj Mahal, um, we wanted like just such a nice experience. And like they have so many beautiful like hotels there. Some of them are heritage buildings and all of that. So Mm -hmm. when we were in Delhi, we had like really, really a pretty decently cheap hotel um, for the majority of our stay. And then Mm. when we went to Agra to see the Taj Mahal, we stayed in this beautiful heritage hotel. Um, And it was just like an old like colonial building that was made into um, like a a heritage space and they had like a clawfoot tub and like pillars wow. and like marble everywhere. And luxurious. it was just so it was so luxurious. And so like that's something she tends to do is like booking a cheaper hotel for the good majority of her stay mm-hmm. and then having one or two nights in like a beautiful like hotel or Airbnb or something so that she can get that like luxury experience yeah. as well.
1: Oh, I love that! I think that's such a great idea, and I I've definitely done that in the past, especially with Iceland, because again, it's it's super expensive, and because we were traveling constantly through the south part of Iceland all the way to like the east side, it was just we stayed in guest houses um, for the majority of the time. So it was just, you know, quick check in quick check out. We had, we slept on like two separate beds. So there was no like queen or king size bed. It was very small, like twin size beds. Mm -hmm. Um, so very like minimal, um, items inside the room. It was just, you know, it was just, it functioned great. Facilities were not quite there, but it didn't really matter. Um, but then at the very end of the trip, we treated ourselves to like a really, really nice hotel. Um, And I feel like that's so rewarding because you have something to look forward to even at the end of the trip. And yeah. I think it's kind of nice in a way to just like splurge just a little bit and just like treat yourself, even though the whole, you know, entirety of the trip is a treat. But regardless, like even if you're having like really tough um places that you're staying at, and it's just it's always in the go, you want to have something to look forward to and to relax to and to come together and just like really be at peace with the place before yeah going before you the, head off yeah go, before going back to the hustle and bustle of um of working again so yeah I don't know I I totally agree with that um but you know in some cases it's it's hard and you're on a budget and you just want to airbnb it sometimes and um yeah I can safely say that I've had quite a few bad experiences with airbnb <laughs> let's
0: hear them let's hear them
1: yeah I mean <sighs> I've seen some really dingy Airbnbs before because my previous partner was very tight on budget. And mm-hmm. so I think he was very budget orientated, which is great um, mm-hmm. because I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm very spontaneous. I'm very you bougie. like, I, no, not necessarily. It's just more of like, yeah, let's book this. Cause I think it will be such a fun experience. Let's worry about the cost later on. Let's just like, mm. let's, let's, I mean, let's worry about the cost a little bit, but like, let's. Have the best trip. Let's just yeah. do all these things. You know, experiences first, then comes accommodation. So yeah, it's just I think we were staying in Florida at the time for his friend's wedding, slash my birthday. We we're gonna go to like Disneyland and stuff. Um mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, you know what? It's it's my birthday. I'm gonna let you decide on Airbnbs, I'm gonna let you decide on accommodation. And boy, oh, no. <laughs> was that a bad idea. <laughs> Oh, that was such a bad idea. So for this, I think we stayed in two places. This first place um, in Florida um, was a basement suite. So it had zero windows whatsoever. So it was already a fire hazard. Yeah. Um, And when we went to the toilet, there was absolutely nothing there. No soaps, no nothing, Um, no hand towels, just two like towels that looked really old and like looked really beaten up but yikes they were white so it was fine um and then when we looked at the bedroom it looked nothing like anything that we saw on the images on airbnb so we were truly catfished by airbnb (laughs) um not because there was like a wide angle lens or anything like it looked like fairly straight on but it's just you know the pillows and the, the rugs and the side tables weren't there so it yeah. was literally just the bed with bedlining and pillow covers and you know there were a few stains on the bed so I was like I don't feel safe as like a, a female staying in this yeah. place and actually there was one there was one small window but because it was a basement suite it was a small horizontal slit above the bed that looked into the the house that it belonged mm. to And so whenever we pulled up the blinds, like the only two blinds that I had, it would look directly into the floor of this construction site of this building next door. And I'm like, I don't feel safe to change in here because I'm a female. Like, I just don't feel like this is right. Um, And yeah, so that was our first place that we stayed. That was my very first Airbnb. So you could, you know, you could have a vague idea of how shocked I was at this. And I already had like some sort of idea of what, what this app is like. And I was like, okay, like this feels a little bit like Craigslist, you know, it feels a little Mm. bit like crack Denny. So (laughs) I don't know if I trust that as much. And then we went to this second place. Um, Oh, actually for the first place we, we got a refund. So we took a picture, took pictures of everything. And we're like, Hey, this looks nothing Nothing. like, like what you posted on Airbnb. We expected like, like lots, like lots more, Oh, it's just someone. I was just like, what is that? I thought something was moving back there. That really scared me. Um, but yeah, anyways, so we got we got a refund for everything because we spoke to them and thankfully they were very like understanding and we sent them photos and we sent them a review and we just got a refund. On to our second place in Florida. We stayed at this um slightly larger place. It was a part of a large, like one-level house and it had a couple of rooms. We got to meet the other people that lived there too they were very friendly we had like I think we had one meal with them and we stayed in this room and it was nice like I had a really large bathroom with like a hot tub inside it was really cool but it was interesting there was a lot of paintings really well done paintings of nude art a lot of nude photography as well that was hanging around I was like oh this is really really set in the scene here and um they they had this whole library this whole like bookshelf on the side and you know i'm i'm a little bit nosy so i'm just trying to browse through the books i'm like okay what can we do here with our time because there's no tv here and so i'm looking through all the books and then i noticed um a lot of books that were talking about like nude photography and um and I thought that was pretty interesting. So I decided to like look at them and stuff, you know, it was, it was great. Like, so I was like, okay, if this person's very into nude photography, Nudes. that's yeah. their, yeah, that's their hobby. But it's like, it's, you know, it's artistry. I was like, okay, that's great. And then I started looking of looked at the other books and they were talking about like sexual assault and how to deal with sexual assault and rape. And I was like, oh my, oh God. my God, I feel like I'm intruding here. Oh my and God. this was just in our room for like other Airbnb people to come in and to stay there and I was just like this this is a little bit odd because I feel like I'm intruding on someone's very very personal space and I didn't know how to go about like telling this to the owners and I felt like that was that was definitely like out of bounds to just you know tell them that I was looking through the the bookshelf that was like right next to her bed um but yeah I don't know that that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable like I felt a little bit out of place. Like I couldn't quite relax because I felt like the person who stayed there was obviously going through a lot. Um, mm-hmm. clearly with all the like the self-help books and about rape and sexual assault, even though I didn't know the person, I felt like I felt awkward sleeping on their yeah, bed, you know? Totally. It was just a very bizarre scene. Um, but we gave them a good review. They were really nice, the other people who yeah. stayed there, which was great. Um, but it's just, yeah, definitely just Pick your place wisely. Yeah. Um, look at the f- pictures. You know, really have a connection with the people and the hosts that you're mm-hmm. you're staying with. Um, I mean, it's not really like you can tell if if they're going through shit and stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're <laughs> when you're talking to them through the Airbnb app, but it's just it. You can get all sorts of places, is what I'm trying to say. Like you can get yeah. all sorts of places from like really really dingy like cracked in houses in Florida. Yeah. Um, I mean it's Florida you know, <laughs> <What> <laughs> all, the can Florida, say?
0: all of the Floridians hate us now. <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry. Um, it's, it's, it's actually so, so interesting that you've given like that side of it because mm-hmm. I can give like the, all of the positive experiences I've mm-hmm. had, because I've had nothing but positive experiences through Airbnb. So, yeah.
1: um, I mean, for- I have had like positive experiences, but those were definitely like ones that really, really resonated with me. Um, it
0: set the stage for your relationship with Airbnb.
1: It it definitely did, but I I have more trust with it now, but I can tell that anecdote later. So
0: (laughs) I was, no, I was just going to say, so, uh, as I mentioned earlier in, in Mm. the episode that I went to, this is actually probably like the best experience that I've had. And it's the first time I ever booked anything with Airbnb was when I went to Paris. I booked a little, um, like a little apartment in the 13th, like arrondissement or something. Um, And it was one floor or like, it was two apartments on one floor and the people that were in the other apartment on the same floor actually owned this apartment and they would rent it out for Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're so, so sweet. We're like Facebook friends still to this day. Um, And so, you know, they're like let us know if you need anything like Mm -hmm. everything was available to us like a kitchen everything was cramped but that's just because it's Paris right it Um, is what it is but then on the last day that we were there they're like please come over for like wine and cheese and all of this so like they literally invited us over on our last night um and like we had like a conversation out on their like beautiful patio which was like mm-hmm. on the top floor so you could see pretty much like all of Paris from there. Stop. Um, It was so <sighs> lovely wow. and like they uh, it was so funny my parents were like encouraging me to talk to them in French and I'm so nervous like I'm so scared mm-hmm. because they're like actual French people right and I'm like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they were like so kind and so like they were like no your French is like actually really good. I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, but it was just such a lovely experience. And then Mm. my second, my second experience with Airbnb was actually when I went to Hawaii. Um, Mm. and that was like me booking it on my own for the first time I picked where we stayed in Paris, but like I based it off of, I assessed it off of the reviews and the kind of conversations that I had with the hosts, because I was like, Hmm. I want to suss this out because this does feel kind of Craigslisty, like, doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But how can we, like, avoid that, right? So
1: mm-hmm. please,
0: please look over the reviews. I think those are, like, very, very crucial. Um, and also one thing, and this was for when I was in... Um, Hawaii I actually ended up staying in an apartment complex so they had an apartment there that someone owned but the apartment complex actually rented out the Airbnb so the Mm -hmm. apartment building their concierge was like responsible for like doing all of the uh like the towels, the soaps, like mm-hmm. uh, everything. So it was like very similar to staying in a hotel. Uh, they gave us like fresh fruit and pineapples and like a map what? to like wherever <laughs> we wanted to go. Um, and like Girl, with that's a the bunch of four
1: seasons. <laughs> like- right? <laughs> Isn't that
0: crazy? And that's like crazy. And I think for the five days that we were there, um, it was like or something like that. And it was in Maui, um, in Kihei and like, Mm. it was just such a like great experience. So it was so like awesome. And we had like a free parking spot because it was an apartment building. So we just Mm -hmm. had a parking spot that we would go to. Um, and everything was secure. They had like one of those finger or like those button codes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I just would urge you like Airbnb, you can get good experiences, but you can also get really bad ones, like the ones that you had and just making sure to do your research. I think that's one Mm -hmm. of the key things, key takeaways that we want for people to have from this episode is like, be prepared, do your research Mm -hmm. and know what you're getting yourself into, because there is a chance you could lose money because like, That's just, you're spending money on a trip, like a vacation Mm -hmm. for you to relax or explore or learn about stuff. Mm -hmm. And as much as that is something that you're spending money to, you don't want to like lose out. Right. Yeah,
1: definitely and even though i had several bad experiences i had a few bad apples with um with airbnb i'd like to say i didn't pick those places so <laughs> i like people to yeah. know that i did not pick those places um i like to do my research beforehand i like to like mm-hmm. check out the pictures and i feel like okay if this place is like aesthetically pleasing if it's like minimalistic if it's like clean yeah. and it mm-hmm. looks clean and the person is trustworthy and like if the reviews are authentic and they're genuine mm-hmm. I think that really speaks out to me as well. And I I had such an incredible time last year when I was booking Ivor's birthday. Um, We, we went to Euclid in Tofino last year for just about, I think two to three days just to go surfing. Um, Just cause you know, it was still during COVID, but it was like a COVID free activity that we could do. And um, I booked this place for his birthday for about like two, three days. And the the host was on it. We stayed at Storm Cove Suites, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a we had a parking space. We had a beautiful little studio with like an open concept kitchen that was so nice. lovely. It faced the um the forest and it was just walking distance to like the ocean And then we had like a little wow. ledge where we had um a hot tub right outside. So we could actually like have the hot tub and then look inside and play some TV, like play some movies and stuff on the, Mm -hmm. on the television. And it was just, it was so nice to like have such a relaxing getaway. And the person that I spoke to, shoot, I can't remember her name, but she was just so lovely and so warm. And they were just so welcoming. And like, even though they weren't physically present, it felt like they were there. It truly felt like they were there, like coming in and out of the house to like help clean up when we were, you know, just about to leave for an activity during the day. But, um, yeah, th- it was probably one of the best experiences I have had with Airbnb. And I think after I had some of those like bad apples, this was such a, uh, like a great experience that was just so memorable for me. So it, it yeah. truly, truly is just about doing your research and taking the time to, um, invest in looking at the images and making sure that you're not catfished because I also (laughs) have been catfished when I was looking at a place for Brooklyn. Like it was super minimalistic. It was super like chic, classy, like super nice. Um, And then I realized that they used a fisheye lens or like a wide angle (laughs) lens and we got there and it was literally the size of like, I would like to say like maybe my living room slash like half of my bedroom here. It was small and the <laughs> toilet was even smaller. <laughs> and you know, like I'm like I could go through the door, but if it was both me and Ivor, we could barely fit in the same toilet at the same time. <laughs> and one side was like, you know, the dumper and the other side was like the shower. And you could you could only walk forwards. And then in the middle is like that the hand, um, the sink area. And it was just the hand area, the hand area where you you wash those those finger bits, um, <laughs> 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 at the ends of your arms, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, just, I mean, it was lovely. It was great. Um, it just wasn't really what we expected, you know. It was still nice, um, still really close to the destination of like you know New York and stuff. Oh, that's really smart. That's a really great point, Annika. Um try to pick a place that's close to all the experiences or all the destinations as well, because Mm. I feel like that could also save a lot of time and a lot of money from Ubering Mm. and from like getting cabs. So, um, yeah, try to pick a spot that's very convenient for you. That's maybe close to train stations, subways, or other means of travel. If you're not taking a car as well, because I think that could save a lot of time and, and possibly a lot of money from Ubering.
0: Yeah. I, um, the one thing that I want to, like, I totally agree with that. I completely agree because when we were in Paris, I, I have a knack for using public transportation, um, Mm -hmm. especially from my time living in London, like using the tube was just so commonplace that using transit and using maps to figure out where to go and take what line is just easy. So when we were in Paris, it's a very similar situation as well. And Mm -hmm. actually, um, you can't see this here. But this here, oh, you can't see it. No, I can't see it. You can see I my hand you. here. I can but see your this, hand, yeah. This is actually the subway map for, oh. for Paris. Um, cool. And so it's, I had a train station literally two buildings away from mm. the uh, apartment that we stayed at. And it, going mm. and you, like, I think we spent maybe, 10 or 15 euros for our passes and that was it and Mm -hmm. everywhere else we could walk because Paris is also like such a walking city too yeah so yeah just such a great point (laughs) yeah oh what a time yeah I yeah I can't wait to travel and I can't wait to travel with you and I think it'll be lots and lots
1: of fun it'll be tons of fun yeah
0: yeah. I think we've talked plenty
1: we've talked <laughs> plenty you've got so much juice and like so much juice you got so much like juice meat. you got so much meat and like um meat we're of tired. The story I'm tired I need some we're food. tired but I know now to have one slice of Nutella before I, <laughs> I <do this. laughs> <laughs> I had like one slice of bread and like slapped on a shit ton of Nutella, and I was like, "Okay, go!" <laughs> like sugar rush, <laughs> and it worked out great. Perfect, um, yeah. <laughs> hey, Annika. Hey,
0: Ruthu. <laughs> Where can people find us?
1: Great question. You can find us on our socials at Here to Chit Talk on Instagram for more fun clips and sneak previews. Or on our website, talkpodcast.com for other episodes, blog posts, features, and more. Awesome.